I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Necronomicon Ex Mortis, the book of the dead. Your move, creep. He didn't get out of the cop, the duty car! I have something to say. It's better to burn out than to fade away. Hey everyone, this is the Professor Rick Del Santo of the PWZ Podcast. If you're interested in professional wrestling of the independent kind, the National Wrestling Alliance, and the United Wrestling Network, check us out on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, and anywhere you listen to professional wrestling podcasts. Hello everyone and welcome to Shocking Things. I am John with Laura. Hello. And this is Laura's pick... For this episode 15 the evil dead Woo-hoo. now why do you want to pick this movie laura because it's good <laughs> good or great that's the it's great yeah you wouldn't have picked it if it was just good but yeah this movie classic yes it is and the thing i like about this movie at the time frame it came out it started um it started filming in 1979 it didn't end till 1983 but Compared to all the movies, all like a lot of them have tried to rip off um, Halloween and you know Friday Thirteenth and all these slasher type films, and this isn't like that. That's what I thought was kind of refreshing. Do you agree for this time period? Oh yeah. So because you figure, oh, it's well, it's set in the woods with a cabin. It's going to be kind of a generic slasher, but it's really not like that. So that's something that I think makes it stand out. And then it just popularity grew over the years. Uh, Laura has a little booklet. We bought this uh, Book of the Dead replica DVD years ago and talking about how it says uh, how it just it got really popular due to uh, video rentals over the years. It did okay in the theaters. It was successful in the theaters, but it was a hit. Yeah, it really blew up. Yeah, and that's what, you know, led to Evil Dead 2 and then Army of Darkness and then, you know, all that Sam Raimi's career really took off at that point. So. And I think there's a little. There's a lot of information in this little booklet. Yeah. Um, it said teenagers everywhere began telling their friends about this fucked up movie <laughs> they saw where this guy is alone in the cabin and all his friends get possessed and try to kill him and then blood and shit starts flying everywhere. <laughs> that, that was it's Okay, that's another thing. That now that you say that, one of the first images, the first thing I ever saw was, you know, the, the poster and the, you know, the cover art. And then there's, uh, oh, it's like, like a lobby card or a movie still, it's you could tell it's um, Bruce Campbell posing. It's not really in the film. It's him holding uh, a chainsaw with these, uh, with uh, these, uh, you know, <laughs> like skeletal hands. You know, I believe that's what it's from. I saw that, and that's another thing that kind of like made me interested in the film years ago. But this was written directed by Sam Raimi, and if you don't know who Sam Raimi is by now, he must be living under a rock because he he blew up over the years. Um, he did you know the the Spider-Man movies, the first ones, because they keep rebooting them over and over again, right? You got but the the Sony ones, uh, Evil Dead Two, you know, Army Darkness, Dark Man, uh, A Simple Plan, which is something totally different than what he's been doing with the horror stuff. Uh, one of Laura's favorites, Drag Me to Hell. Uh, Oz the Great and the Powerful, and he's going to be doing in 2022 Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And this was produced by Sam Raimi, Rob Tabert, 
Bruce Campbell, Gary Holt, and Irvin Shapiro. The main cast is Bruce Campbell as Ash Williams, and, you know, he's done all the, the Evil Dead movies, uh, the TV series Ash vs. Evil Dead, uh, Hercules Legendary Journeys. He had cameos in all of Bruce Campbell's Spider-Man films, Bubba Hotep, uh, the TV series that was very popular at the time, Burn Notice. And another one of Laura's favorite movies, I know she talked about covering in the future, is My Name is Bruce, right? Yes. Um, and Ellen Samwise as Cheryl. Um, she was in My Name is Bruce, Oz the Great and Powerful, and Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Hal Delrick as Scotty. He The only notable thing he did was a Sam Raimi film in 1985 called Crime Wave. Betsy Baker as Linda. She's done numerous spots over the years in television, film, just a lot of small parts. And most notable is being in Oz the Great and the Powerful. And uh, the TV series of Orville, the Star Trek type knockoff. Teresa Lilly, um, who was noted that in the film, she's credited as Sarah York, uh, had some acting experiences here and there, but again, Oz the Great and the Powerful is uh, the top one in Six Feet Under. And they were all in there, the ladies of the Evil Dead, because Sam Raimi was directing that film. And The Evil Dead was released, released on April 15th, 1983. The budget was $350,000, and it grossed almost $3 million worldwide, which, you know, another one of the reasons why uh, horror movies were popular to make at that time, because they're very profitable. And then, like Laura said, it got even bigger with uh, the craze, especially that time frame when... VHS was really starting. I mean, I got my first VCR in 1984, and by 85, they were popping up all over the place, you know, VHS rental places, and it's not like nowadays how you just buy a movie. You They were like $100 each back in, you know, 1985 dollars, which is, what, $200 now probably yeah, with inflation. <laughs> I know The Hunt was probably worth it at the time but not the price oh what do you mean to actually get movies yeah like there was something magical probably about that time like if you can get your hands on it even though it was so expensive oh yeah i mean nobody i knew could afford it. i had one friend who years later got when they went down in price got rocky horror for a hundred dollars Yeah. and you had to special order you had to go to the video store and say hi they wouldn't just sell it it's not like now they just stock things he had to say hey i want to get this like okay well you have to pay for it right now to get the movie, and this is probably like 19, whatever it came out, 1994 or something like that, probably in VHS. Mm -hmm. So, but back then, I don't know anybody who just went in and tried to order it because it was too expensive, you know, in the 80s. Um, yeah, so like I said earlier, it started filming in 1979, and uh, the interesting thing about this, the original title was called The Book of the Dead, and uh, the agent, uh, Irvin Shapiro, told them, <laughs> this was his logic, is that people will think they're going to have to read for 90 minutes, and that's why they should change the name. And he came up with The Evil Dead. And I like Book of the Dead better. I like The Evil Dead better. That That's one of the things that stood out to me. It makes more sense, I guess, but the Deadites are The Evil Dead too, right? But No, I think you said at one time it, you thought it was more catchy, which I'll agree with you yeah. on. But I still like The Book of the Dead. And I like the... the uh, like the font, the logo of the Evil Dead on the poster. I think it looks really cool. Just to be, I don't know, that's something that stood out to me. But they're both good, right? But, 
But when he's like one of the producers, he's putting up money, so he has kind of a say. So they probably had to shut up and listen to him. I'm guessing, right? Of course. So, um, at the beginning of the film, it has like it shows a title screen. It says "The Evil Dead," and it has uh, you just see like floating through, like going through a swamp. That's actually uh, Bruce Campbell pushed Sam Raimi in a raft to film that scene, uh, and that was in Brighton, Michigan. I love that. What's that? The camera work at the beginning. Yeah, it's cool. It's just simple. You have no budget, but they have to do something, you know. And uh, Laura brought this up. We we're watching it. We watched this movie probably, I don't know how many times, but we had to rewatch it, obviously, for this. But Laura picked up on how it's, like, common for horror movies to start off with all these young kids driving in a car to a destination all happy, right, at the beginning of the film. Right? And yeah, then it just... Of... A lot of movies start off that way, like Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, there's always, yeah, there's like a car ride and everybody's in a good mood and something bad happens, right? Yeah. <laughs> At some point. Like, is it because we know their fate? Yeah, and they and they have no clue, right? I don't know. I guess we're just on the journey <laughs> yeah, with them. Yeah, yeah, Even yeah. like newer ones, like The Conjuring, I think they pull up in front of the house. Yeah, but there was another one we were just, uh, the remake of... Um... Oh, Wrong Turn. That's another one. Which is actually like a decent remake. Usually remakes are terrible, but it's all young kids in a car going on a destination. Right. So it's been... Even The Hills Have Eyes. They, yeah. I believe that was in a camper. And there was another one, but I, I didn't write it down. Oh, yeah. I'm sure if you really... This is just off the top of our head, but I'm sure it's been done numerous times. But it's one of those things that just... It doesn't get old because it's... It's it's how life is, right, Laura? Like when you're young, you thought life was going to be great. You get older, it's a pile <laughs> of crap, right? <laughs> So, um, yeah, so that happens. They're driving down the road, and if you notice that car, it's a 73 Delta 88 Oldsmobile that Sam Raimi uses in almost every film he's involved in. Um, and he used it previous in his Super 8 movies that he'd fool around with, too, and he had to sell. One of them he actually uh, sold, at the, I don't know if it was called Into the Woods, to actually get uh, funding for this movie, some of it, so... Yeah, so that, that car is a store. And then when they're driving, it's filmed outside Knoxville, Tennessee, where they almost get in a car accident driving. Uh, and um, they had to change their... They planned on doing it all in Michigan, but it got too cold, so their mindset was, well, let's go somewhere where it's warmer in the winter, and that's why they went to Tennessee. Um, and Ellen Samwise, uh, Cheryl's in the car, they knew her from doing these Super 8 movies. And when they went to the cabin, uh, I was telling Laura when I did some research that cabin no longer exists, it burned down. But Bruce Campbell brought up how someone had, like, the fireplace was made out of stone. So that survived, and they had a piece of that he, he autographed for him, which I think is a really, yeah. that's a cool and item that's to really have. really too bad, because I can't imagine the amount of money they would make oh, off yeah. of people visiting. Because nowadays, because not too far from us, there's... Um, what is it? One of the Conjuring houses, right? That's like in Rhode Island. Yeah, they so. make stupid money off of people paying to stay overnight in the house uh -huh. and watching the Conjuring. So if that Evil Dead cabin was around right now, how much money could they make? You'd go, right? Oh, so much. If they said to go to okay, Laura, Knoxville, Tennessee, it's a thousand dollars. Stay overnight and get to watch with Bruce Campbell. <laughs> you get to watch. Yeah, right? but even what we just um, what we just did, didn't we? Where do we go for um, Friday the Thirteenth? Oh, what for the, for the the filming location? Yes, you're yeah, that was expensive. Oh yeah, 
Oh yeah, they did that. They did a thousand dollars a night if you want to stay overnight with the actors. They could do the same thing here, right? But uh, unfortunately, that'll never happen, right? So anyway, um, yeah. So when they went the cabin, when they actually went to it, it was filled with four inches of cow manure. That everybody involved in the filming, because it was so low budget, they all had to pitch in and help out. And Laura said she'd be the first to volunteer for that. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> um, and then you notice when they, they have like bones and things hanging. And that was uh, inspired by Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Which I'm glad they were thinking more in that direction instead of trying to be like all the slashers that were popular at the time. Going back to Texas Chainsaw. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and that's another movie that starts off in the car. Oh, yes. Or yeah, they're in a van. van. Yep. In van. Yep. Sorry. No, yeah, yeah, but it's... So, well, yeah, so they're probably inspired by that, too. I wouldn't be surprised. So, um... And uh, the composer, Joel Duca, did uh, the soundtrack, and he worked on other Sam Raimi projects. And, um... The Book of the Dead, um, in there... I'm sorry, uh, Cheryl was sketching, and she sketches a book of the dead. When they show her, she's kind of like getting like possessed at one point. So, but then that's going to play in later in the movie, because you're looking at it first, you have no idea what this is. And um, the other thing now, when they, they see the cellar door move, and they look down, they're at the dinner table, and they have these like flower pa paper Dixie cups that were like, very big in the 70s that you'll never see now, which I wish they would actually make now. Um, the cellar door pops open, and when you see the camera looking up at them, um, it's it's a, it's a different location. Like, there was actually no cellar. They had to dig four feet down because there was no basement in Tennessee. So that's when they have uh, Scotty walking down. It's really, you know, just that, the facade. And then uh, when they look up, and you see the point of view, they're all actually in Michigan. And uh, the bloody uh, like residue of it coming from the pipes was Kara syrup. And uh, the spooky sounds when uh, they go down there and Ash follows down. That was recorded in New York City like years later. And uh, they, had to, they kept running out of money. So that's why they had to keep postponing and then doing the sound later and all that. And then uh, Ash opens the door and Scotty scares him. And then in that scene, that's actually uh, Sam Raimi's garage. Like months later, that scene where he's in there. And uh, they all got paid $100 a week. Crazy. Yeah, which uh, <laughs> if you told Bruce Campbell that's going to get paid now, he'd, he'd have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> he charges that for an autograph yeah. now, right? Yeah. So, um, and then they, they set it up where Scotty... Uh, Scares Ash and uh, find a rifle and shells, you know, which is all smart to set up later in the movie. And you're gonna see a hills have eyes poster ripped up on the wall. And this is a weird uh, thing that Sam Raimi, his mentality was why he had that because in the hills have eyes, there's a scene that uh, they rip the head off a bird and drink its blood, and they have a, a Jaws poster on the wall. So Sam Raimi's theory. I'd love to know, really, I think it was just randomly put up on there. I don't think there really is any <laughs> mentality behind this in The Hills Have Eyes, but Sam Raimi's theory was, as horrible as Jaws is, it's not as horrible as what you're seeing right now. So his reasoning why he put uh, The Hills Have Eyes poster on there is because 
no matter how scary the hills have eyes is, it's not as scary as the evil dead. And then, um, if you watch, you know, Wes Craven, you know, picked up that he had that in the film. So when he did a nightmare in Elm street, he actually had, um, Nancy was watching the evil dead on the TV in her room. Yeah. Very cool. So like yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. Little Easter eggs. Yeah. So, um, Anyway, and they also have, a, you know, the Book of the Dead is found in there, and the, the knife. And um, and they find a recording that they play. And speaking of that, I was telling Laura before, years ago, I saw Tom Sullivan, the guy who did all the artwork, actually had the actual pages of the Book of the Dead, the original artwork I saw in New Jersey. And that was really, really cool. It's one of those things, I've seen some props in person, but to see, like, artwork like that in person is really, really cool. So they play the recording, and Laura, what do you do every time there's a, a recording with, that you hear some type of incantation going on? Oh, that mute button. <laughs> in case it's real, Laura doesn't want this. Just in case. So. But I was joking, because I know you have some info on this, that I can only imagine what uh, they were saying during this movie. Yeah. So yeah, so they play the electronic journal, uh, and... Uh, he talks about uh, excavating the ruins of Kandor years ago, and he now retreated to a small cabin in the mountains. And he continued his research, who believes he made a significant find in Kandarian ruins, ancient Sumerian burial practices, and funerary incantations. Titled The Book of the Dead, Bound in Human Flesh and Inked in Human Blood, it deals in demon resurrection. The first two pages say the creatures lay dormant, but are not truly dead. They can come back to life through the incantations in this book. They can possess the living. And this is where the Kandarian incantations being spoken. And I don't know if Bruce Campbell was joking or if he's serious, but he's saying something along the lines of, uh, if you listen, they joke around about uh, Sam Raimi and Rob Tapper. They're the hitchhikers at the beginning of the film. They say something like that. So if you listen closely, it's like, you know, like, but, you know, they, it's almost like pig Latin, the way they add, like, extra syllables, so. Yeah, they they could literally be summoning anything. Yeah. So, I don't know how you feel, but that's yeah. the general rule <laughs> yeah. in this yeah. house, is anything that is summoning or speaking different languages, yeah. a mute button goes on. So, and this, it's a cool scene. They have, like, uh, smokes coming out of the ground with this red glowing light under leaves that pop up. And then uh, Cheryl does what Laura does. She yells, shut it off. <laughs> and then when that happens, a tree comes through the window. And uh, it's simple. Like, it's effective. It's like blue lighting for it. I thought it looked really, really cool. Just, you know, like I said, you have a low budget. You just have, like, certain lighting you can add to the scene. Um, and then Ash gives his girlfriend a gift, which, Laura, one day, if I could find one, I'll get it for you. It's a magnifying glass necklace. No, thank you. And... <laughs> It's funny, the there is a reason why he gives her that tacky gift, because um, Sam Raimi's original intention was to use this at the end of the movie to have Sun going through the magnifying glass to destroy the Book of the Dead, but then he completely changed his mind and didn't want to do that anymore. But, I'm so glad there was a reason, because it was so ugly. Yeah, so there, yeah, at least there was a reason. It wasn't just like a, a random thing, you know, So, but he changed his mind on that. Even the scene that goes along with that. Where the they're looking at each other. Forth. Yeah, they zoom in on their eyes. It's it's original. It's just very weird. Yeah, it's just weird. Um, Cheryl's um, 
in a room. She hears join us through a window. And I think most of these voices are Sam Raimi that they just like put through like, you know, modulation and change it. So she goes outside and this is uh, in the booklet we're reading. This is very controversial in the UK, this scene, right? Where uh, Cheryl goes out in the woods and she gets raped by uh, the forest, basically. Yeah. And this is very, especially at the time, you never saw anything like this in a horror movie. It's very strange. I mean, to this day, yeah. I don't think I've seen anybody. Yeah, it's a very original concept. Yes, rips her clothes off, and and it, and it shows uh, go, going up. Uh, what would you call them? Her unmentionables. Okay, so so sure. it goes. So it goes up there, and they said they had the they the vines. They shot it in reverse. It was actually not probing her. That's just they pull it back. You know what I mean? (laughs) Which was you know they're clever in that sense, and it didn't actually hurt her. And because of this scene, they were afraid to submit this for a rating, because if you got an unrated you know rating, it's gonna really hurt you. The box office are getting you. I'm sorry, getting an X rating would hurt you. So they right. So PG thirteen is what. They go for nowadays just to bring a lot of yeah. If you want more money, you get a bit more of an audience. Yeah, so this screw us. Yeah, Yeah. so so they just said yeah. Except I think Drag Me to Hell is PG thirteen, so that there is some every once in a while we'll get some some movie that works out. But yeah, so that's the reason why they didn't submit. I don't really think there's anything too too crazy in it. But it, but it's good though. It's not cheesy. Where some of these movies are cheesy that you, that you watch nowadays that are PG thirteen, you know. No, it's not cheesy, but it just it doesn't go that far. Yeah, yeah. Besides, like the devil aspect and. But uh, yeah, so that's the reasoning behind that. They're afraid to get the X rating, and then so Cheryl's in the woods, half naked. She comes back, you know, comes back into the woods, and she wants to leave. So um. Ash is trying to put his, I'm sorry, uh, Bruce Campbell was saying, if you watch it, he's in there, he keeps trying to put his jacket on, and he can't get his jacket on, so then they cut, he's inside the car, his jacket just appears on, and um, that's how they edit it, so they try and leave, but the bridge is destroyed, so they they can't get out now, and they have to go back to the cabin, and uh, they play the tape again, and this time Cheryl becomes possessed, and this is what becomes the trademark, uh, Sam Raimi possession, right, Laura? Would you say because this was we're talking about drag me to hell? He uses yeah, this again where they, they like it the over exaggerated levitating dancing demon poses. <laughs> yeah, they fly up and their arms are moving in the air, and it just I I love it. I think just the way it looks, and this was again like very very different, very ahead of its time because everybody was trying to rip off possession from The Exorcist, mm-hmm. and this wasn't like that. This was a little different, so I'm glad they. Yeah, they at least made it different, went in a different direction. And this is the part that's really the scariest part, is Cheryl has white eyes. Back then, you couldn't just get white contact lenses like you can nowadays. They're actually like these large hunks of glass, and they're called Solero lenses. And you can only use them for 15 minutes at a time and up to five times a day because... Your eyes need to breathe, and you can have damage to your eyes because of it. That's terrifying. Yes, that's the scariest. That's the scariest thing about the movie, right? When you hear that behind the scenes. But you appreciate all the effort that they put in. Yeah, to oh, make yeah. This movie. Oh yeah, yeah. How definitely. many so-called celebrities would do that nowadays? Oh no, yeah, it's not going to happen. But yeah, but they really wanted this to work. They're really into this, so 
you know, they went above and beyond. Um, this is another one of Laura's favorite scenes that come up. Cheryl uh, stabs a pencil into uh, Shelly's uh, ankle, the Achilles, yeah, right? Achilles tendon. Yeah. The scene is so long. Like. <laughs> and then, yeah, and for the sound effect, they use a knife going through an apple when she, like, pierces through it. Interesting. And, uh, and then when you're talking about people, you know, what they did for the film, all the stunts, and you know, that uh, Bruce Campbell and um, and Hal Delrick did, they did all by themselves, and they're getting thrown into the bookcase and the walls and all that. They did all that themselves. Um, so Cheryl gets possessed, and so then they, Scotty, then uh, he, he, this is another, like, this is one of those things where the effects... You know, weren't the greatest, but I like it. It's a bit campy. When uh, you can tell it's a dummy that Scotty's hitting with the butt of the axe. He's, like, smashing her in the head, but you can tell it just goes down like a balloon. But it, I like it. It still works. So, um, so that's the thing, though. So Cheryl gets put in the cellar. Um, then we see, and they lock her in there. They, it, But it's still it's propped up, like, 10 inches or so. So you see the chain, her head like pops up throughout the movie here and there, which is really, really cool. I guess I have a t-shirt of that image of just her head coming out of the of the cellar years ago. Oh, no. <laughs> so, uh, so now there's a scene where Scotty goes into the bathroom. And then if you watch this now, it looks really bad when you look at the walls like this is one of those things like it's like yeah they they could have just got some drywall or something maybe but it just looks like yellow fabric hanging on the wall and they're like spaced apart and um yes because it wasn't a real bathroom so they just had this fabric hanging that up. That is the strangest thing. Like, they couldn't find an actual bathroom. I, I don't know. Where they filmed it. That's what I thought was odd. They, they took years to film this thing, and then they're like, yeah, well, let's just throw this together, which I thought was strange. I never noticed it until you brought it up. Yeah, if you look at it now, it's so obvious, right? When you look at it, like, it looks terrible, like, around yeah. the bathtub. I almost wish you didn't say Yeah, it, it's really... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... It looks terrible, but... What are you going to do? Nobody's perfect, right? So, um, this is the first, you know, for him, the biggest movie he really worked on at the time. So, he's learning as he goes along. And now, he would never, ever do anything like this. Sam Raimi, Christ, dude. <laughs> He'd go crazy if it looked like this. But, um, and then, uh, Shelly, uh, becomes possessed. And it's a dummy when they throw her in the, in the fire of her head. It's a dummy head. It's not a, nobody... No actresses sure really. That no, it wasn't her. Wasn't her actual head that got thrown in, and then they show. Yeah, just in case, in case you weren't sure, but um, and they show smoke coming from her chest. They actually that, that was for the kids. Yeah, yeah. Don't try this at home, kids. Don't try and throw someone's head in a fire. So uh, unless it's a dummy head, but um, they have smoke coming from her chest. And they just took a quick burst of a fire extinguisher, put it under the shirt, then they started filming, so you see that come out. Again, when you have no money, you have to be, you know, innovative and no, think that, it. I, that's really cool. Well, you would never know that, right? So, uh, and there's a, a good line Shelley says, you know, they come, uh, then later the term deadites, and he comes possessed. You have pretty skin, give it to us. 
I don't know. I, I like, see, this is, I like it where it's, it's got the, the creepiness to it. So then uh, Shelly tries to slice Scotty with, with that knife, that ceremonial knife. And, she should have uh, said, you have a pretty chin. Yeah. Well, no, well, that, well, yeah, it wasn't Bruce Campbell, though. So, <laughs> but she, if it was, they would have saved that. But um, this scene's really crazy. It's really graphic, you know, um. Scotty, they set up how Scotty has a buck knife with him. So he fights her with his knife. And Scotty slices off Sarah's hand. Sarah York's hand. Um, and then Shelly then completely bites her whole, whole, whole hand off. And that's like, you look at him like, all right, didn't see this coming. This is going in a crazy direction. And uh, then they show the back of the Shelly character. And that's really the producer, Rob Tappard's back because... She wasn't around for the filming of this because, like I said, this was going on for years. And uh, for the sound effect, they use a turkey baster, celery, carrots, and chicken bones for all this uh, in the studio. I think it was in New York when they were doing that. And then they show again when. Uh, like, how creative can you yeah. get? Like, I would rather do that than produce a movie. The, like, the, who can make the craziest sound? There's. Years ago, did you ever see it like at Universal Studios? I don't know if it was Hollywood. We went to a thing with they. It's called Foley Artists, and that's their job is they make sound effects for everything. I don't remember that. Okay, I think it was in the Hollywood one, not the not Orlando, but they'll show how they do all these things, and they, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Overload. We probably did too many things. But yeah, so that's, but yeah, so they're called Foley Artists, people who do this. Okay. Interesting. But I don't think they had a real Foley artist. They just did all this on their own, right? So, but it worked. And then uh, they had to get Rob Tappert's sister, Dorothy, again, to play um, the remainder in this scene of um, Shelly when she's on the floor. And then you're going to see, um, like, milk come out of her mouth. And the reasoning was... Um, they wanted, like, Sam Raimi wanted to be, like, not human. So you know they're not human. They're, like, these unearthly-type beings. And that's why not just blood. So it was, like, blood and this white, you know, substance coming out of their mouth. And um, so then um, she gets chopped into pieces. Scotty chops her up. And then when he first hits her, it's another one of these effects. It looks like he's hitting, like, a balloon. She goes right down quick. Then you see the pieces, you know, spewed all over the floor. And then... They, you know, they didn't have animatronics and budget like that. So, so the pieces, one of them's like the leg. It's Rob Tapper's leg. They cut a hole through the floor, and it's just his leg moving to be her leg. Um. So this was becoming a little. So then they, uh, they take the body out outside, um, and then Scotty tells Ash, "She's your girlfriend. You take you take care of her." So that he drives off, and um. He said that's what you would say. <laughs> yes, in, in real life, yeah. So uh, then um, you see uh, Ashley's uh, Linda, and he lifts uh, the the blanket up, and you can see where she got stabbed with a pencil. And it, they used uh, actual animation, you know, just regular animation for the, the wound, like, growing. It, it worked. It was simple, but it worked. Um, then... Uh, Scotty then, when he tried to leave, he then comes back. He's all sliced up. Uh, he's telling uh, Ash the woods are alive. And then Linda's now possessed, and she's cackling, and she's using those Solero lenses for the white eyes. And then 
she goes back and forth. She'll be possessed and then normal, crying and then possessed again. And Ash, every time he sees her, he falls for it. Like, oh, geez, my girlfriend, I feel bad. Like, every time, like, he doesn't want to kill her, but because he keeps seeing her, oh, geez, she's normal again. So, um, Ash, uh, he opens up the, uh, the lock cellar a bit more. And then, uh, Cheryl's hand grabs Ash. Which is actually Ted Raimi's hand that comes through the floor. Uh, and he drags Cheryl outside. And then Scotty, uh, he's out of it. He gives Scotty a drink, but he realizes he de he's dead. Uh, Linda, this is one of Laura's favorite scenes where Linda attacks Ash with a knife. Right, when they're fighting and she's got the lenses in. And because she has those lenses and she, and she can't see, uh, Bruce Campbell's really fighting her off in the scene which I thought was great. And I believe that knife is real. So he's really fighting her off and kicking her because yeah, I, I that's why he looks so good. It, that's it why does, it looks... It looks like a real knife. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they had the money to get a molded, you know, rubber knife too, they you know. Insane. Yeah, so that's why he really looks like he's kicking her and everything because she really couldn't <laughs> see during the filming. And then she falls down and gets impaled on the knife and more of the, the blood and the milk come out. And then, the uh, blood in the milk, yes. And then, uh, Ash drags Linda to the garage. And there's a rat you're, like, you're gonna see in that scene that's a rat that they actually bought at a pet store just for that scene. And, uh, so the Ash chains her Linda up to the table, is about to use a chainsaw, but then she turns human again and he feels bad, so he refuses to, you know, chop her up. So he brings her outside to bury her, and then, uh, she becomes possessed. He starts digging and then uh, puts her in the hole. And then uh, she gets possessed again. And I was telling the Laura this before. She couldn't believe this. But, uh, oh, I have to stop. And because of the filming issues, they then had to fill in with a local actress to be Linda instead of Betsy Baker. And they had to put a wig on her and everything. And uh, buries her. And then when she gets up from the ground... From the the grave, they use manure and uh, peat moss. Disgusting. That's what Laura, we were watching the scene, she's like, oh yeah, that looks crazy. I'm like, oh yeah, it's even more disgusting. When I tell you, it's manure and manure that she's all over her face getting out of the ground. And not on her body, just on her face. Yeah, because right? that's where they zoom in on her face coming out. So, I mean, yeah, that was... Um, and then after that, then they got another actress because of this was filmed... So many different years, uh, Barbara Carey to play her, and then Ash is uh, smashing her with these wooden beams, which looks realistic, but they're foam. Because um, they were same. I know Bruce Campbell said they used the exact same ones in other uh, the Super Eight movies they used to make uh, growing up, and so they just got the same effect, you know, using that. So then he decapitates her, and this dummy head looks terrible that they use for Linda. Uh, looks actually like a man's head, I thought. And this is where it gets, uh, I think, um, Laura, you never saw Dead Alive, right? That movie, does it sound familiar to you or no? Was there a female, one girl in it? Uh, it came out in the 90s. No. Uh, I'm had, just going to say no. It has like a, like a, a baby in it, a killer baby and stuff. No. A, no. a priest. Totally different. Okay. But... If you watch that movie, you could tell, like, when you watch the scene where the blood's spurting out of the neck and then Ash, there's blood all over the place. That's, uh, oh, 
who's the guy who did Lord of the Rings? I'm drawing a blank now with his name. I don't know because I don't. Okay, really care for Lord but of the Rings. he but he became a, a big director. I just can't think of his name now. But he did some horror movies starting off, and you could tell he watched Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two for inspiration. Well, okay. So to play on that, there's also a movie Girl on the Third Floor that gives yeah. me major Evil Dead vibes. The mm -hmm. movie is not the same, but there's like certain things inspired by it. You're saying, yeah, from the lights. Oh yeah, so we we'll get to that later. We'll talk about that. Oh. Yeah, but yeah, but but you're right. But this is very. I I think this movie is more influential than people realize. Probably, you yeah. know, when they talk about movies from this era, they'll talk about you know Halloween, Friday Thirteenth, you know things of that Nightmare on Elm Street. But I think. This is uh, kind of underappreciated, you know, in it's that not, sense. Is it mainstream? It's not really, is it? Well, we talked before, like, this is your favorite out of the Evil Dead movies. The average person is going to say Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 2. Yeah. So, I yeah. So, I, so I, yeah. So, I think this is a bit, you know... Um, I like them both, but I prefer my horror movies to be horror. Yeah. yeah, I think this is a bit underrated, I think, when you really look at the, the big picture, in my opinion. But, um, so yeah, so after that scene, he decapitates her and all that, and the blood like we're talking about, uh, Ash has blood all over the place. Um, he goes back in the cabin, and he notices that Charles escapes, so Ash grabs a rifle that was set up earlier in the film in the basement, uh, shoots Cheryl, uh, when she's outside the window, and I'm gonna tell you, that was not Cheryl's head, Ellen Samwise, that was a dummy's head that got shot, Laura, I don't know oh, if you're, oh, so I just want to tell you another behind, yeah. behind the scenes, <laughs> just to let you know. Very informative, thank you. And, um, and then there's a scene where it's, uh, a man was playing, um, I'm sorry, uh, let me backtrack. Yeah, a man was playing, I think, Cheryl at one point, too, during the filming, because it was going all over the place and uh, there's a hand coming through and he ash slams the door on cheryl's hand that was a rubber glove filled with all different types of substances for that effect substances. yeah but uh yeah so ash goes down to the basement and this is where you're talking about now the pipes uh like blood's coming out of the pipes all over the place the light sockets the blood's coming out the light bulbs and that's where you're talking about the movie uh, Girl on the Third Floor. It had similar type of things. Similar know. type and same vibe. Yeah, totally in that movie. sense. Yes. Now this is, Sam Raimi actually was inspired by a Three Stooges short, A Plumbing We Will Go, uh, for that scene. Uh, there was water coming out of everything, you know, and instead of, you know, water, they just used blood. So then, um, Ashes in the basement, he gets shotgun shells, he goes upstairs, and this scene is really, really cool when you watch it because it's totally, it's like it goes in a different direction now, the movie. Uh, it's shot like at a 45 degree angle and you'll see like ashes like upside down and then it goes upright. It's really, really cool. I, I really, I don't know, trippy, I guess you could say, um, the way it goes in this compared to everything else. It's very like surreal. Um, and they shot it's like looking up they're like under the floorboards like a point of view looking at him the doors and shutters open and close so and then uh ash is looking into the mirror and he puts his hand in it turns into water but it's really uh just a kiddie pool that they they use for that scene just where he puts his hand in like no animation or anything like that you know so i like the whole look of it i i don't know what you think laura but it just it, it really works yeah, I agree. 
And he really changes the character Ash. He's kind of like this, I don't know, normal, kind of like a passive character. And then he's, you know, he because of all these events that happen, he has to change if he wants to survive, you know. So um, a guy that would normally probably not just, you know, get a, a rifle and shoot people. He just, he's doing it left and right now. But they're deadites, though. They're not people, so it's different. <laughs> and dummy heads that he's shooting, so... But yeah, I like the character, how it changes, you know, uh, gradually throughout the film. But, uh, so then uh, Ash has the necklace, and he's thinking about Linda, and then um, Hand comes out, and it's Cheryl. And Scotty comes back as a deadite now, and... Uh, so, I, I just want to stop you, because yes. now you're talking about his character development. Yeah. And I agree with you that in this movie, yes, I do see some character development, but mm -hmm. he's doing some of it because he has no choice. I yeah. think they really played on that in Evil Dead 2, where he really becomes this badass. With yeah, the, yeah, the it's definitely... Saw. So, they did yeah. want to play on that, I think. Yes, because this is like, yeah, Evil Dead 2, we'll definitely talk about that in the future, but that's more of like a... It's not a real sequel. It's more of just like a remake, a remake. of this movie. Yeah, he had but a bigger budget a, and different a ideas. Different yes, for him, but mostly some of the same. Yeah, like with all the slamming windows and doors. Yes, yes. Someone in the basement, but not yeah. Cheryl. Mm -hmm. It's not Henrietta. What? Who is? Yeah, it? yes, it is. Yeah, that's a character. Yeah, there's more characters they introduce. Yeah, it's uh the so guy's I see daughter. What you're yeah, so, but yeah, you're right. It goes. He definitely is more in that. Is a lot of cat. This one doesn't have any catchphrases. Where they definitely Sam Raimi wrote a lot of catchphrases in Evil See, Dead Two and Army of Darkness. I like yeah. this, but they did so many good things. Yeah, in the remake. So, um, yeah. So he he gouges out Scotty as a deadite's eyes. Cheryl attacks Ash with a poker, and then uh, this is uh, one of these things that you've seen in all different types of movies where you you destroy the the mechanism that can you know, controls the evil, and then all the evil dies, so Ash throws the Book of the Dead into the fire, and then Cheryl and Scotty just start decomposing, they just, and this is really cool, I thought, the way you see Scotty decomposing, it's stop-motion animation, and they have, first they have, like, yellow oatmeal coming out of, like, where his wrist is when they, they show that, and then he just turns into this cockroaches come out of him, and he turns into this green dust. He's like his skull, just like the skin coming off. It's really, really cool. I think it's it still holds up, even though it's you know stop motion animation isn't really used that much today. I think it works, and practical effects work in the in the right you know frame because I think they go overboard with CGI now. Do you agree? I hate it. Yeah, I I like it at times. You no, know when I like CGI a lot. When it doesn't look like it's when I find out later that like. It's, uh, I'm watching and look at a city. Oh, it's not a real city. It's a green screen and it's just a fake city. Oh, okay, that's fine. You know, things like that. But I mean, it works and then it doesn't. But yeah, sometimes they'll have fake blood CGI and yeah. that looks ridiculous. Like, all of the, the facts that you found out about this movie, like even the mirror. Like, I didn't know it was No, it's, cool. it's so simple, but it's great. And because you don't have a big budget, you have to think. You know, you have to come up with stuff. You know what I mean? I appreciate it. So, um... Then the movie, it's Ash walks out inside the, the daylight, and, uh, you know, you think it's going to be a happy ending. And this was really, really cool, and this is where, you know, Sam Raimi's very innovative, where he's a young guy, he's learning, you know, how to be a director, but he's, he's great with the camera. So you see the camera just come out. 
from uh this comes from behind the woods and this is actually sam raimi holding the camera and he paid because of the production was all done he had locals he hired so he goes through the cabin he tells them at the mark just open up the door so the doors just open up automatically you know they're out of frame so you can't see them so the doors just open up the camera only sees this point of view of just running through this camera running through the house and then uh ash just turns around and then just he screams and that's really sam remy running into ash you know uh bruce campbell which he probably didn't realize is going to actually run into him that's probably why the scream was real right which is awesome yeah so <laughs> that was probably it, so guilty of doing things like that back then yeah like, wasn't there other, like, people who came out and said that they had no idea things were happening to them in the movie? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's great. So, it, it works. And then that's how the movie ends. And um, then they start, uh, the credits roll. And then it has, like, this kind of, like, upbeat, old-timey, like, music playing. And then it just starts, like, dying out. And the reason for that is because... Um, Sam Raimi said everything dies in this film, and that's why the the music just dies out like that. Instead of just fading out, you know, it just gets slower and everything like, like that. Like the car ride to the destination. Yeah, yeah. It starts <laughs> off happy, then I it goes, it. then it goes downhill. So, um, and if you look at the credits, it's gonna say uh, the actors' names, and you're gonna see fake Shemps for a credit. Now, that was a term Sam and Bruce used in high school when they they made movies and they would lose actors and they had to replace the actors. They would call them fake Shemps based on the character name Shemp in Three Stooges. So, uh, and I know you use that again later on in, uh, I remember, Evil Dead 2. So, you want to watch that in the future, Laura? We'll, we'll go over that and yeah, see if you can compare it, see what you like better now, see if you change your opinion. Yeah, this is fun. And this is another thing, If uh, because this is a, you know, one of our favorite movies, if you ever go to, definitely if you haven't gone to a horror convention, check them out, uh, because we saw, this was like the coolest thing, they had a, uh, the cast reunion of the Evil Dead we saw, and this is where Laura was very excited, uh, but she was manning the table most of the time, right, at yeah, uh, at the convention. Yeah, let you go. Yeah, so... Uh, Matt Bruce Campbell yeah, had him his sign. His line was very long, right? Yeah, Matt Bruce Campbell. Then, uh, the next day we got the wrap up early. We tried to meet the women of the Evil Dead. They left, and then we got Hal Delrick's autograph. But then years later, we saw the ladies of the Evil Dead at uh, Connecticut Horror Fest, if you remember. So then I'm like, Laura, we finally got this poster done now. So it's so we have all the main actors on the poster. So that's really cool. If you ever, you know. Any movies you like, and this is one that we like, obviously. So it's cool to see this. I mean, I don't remember, Laura. Also, this is like the Monster Mania at night. You're probably so exhausted you don't remember. But the ladies of the Evil Dead were doing commentary. We didn't say the whole night, but they were doing commentary over the Evil Dead movie. What they're I talking know. about? Do you remember that? So remember that was it. that was really cool. Like any type of movie, like this movie was. It's awesome to see something like that. So if you haven't gone to a convention, uh, for a movie, any type of movie that you like that's your favorite, check it out and go for an experience like that. You'll, I think you'll really enjoy it. That was unique, I thought. Um, also, uh, oh, the play. Yes. Uh, friends of ours, Carl and Dawn, said, oh, we know you like The Evil Dead, so we bought you tickets to uh, see The Evil Dead play. We're like, I didn't even know there was such a thing. 
So this was in Torrington, Connecticut, and it's cool because it was filmed, uh, it's shot, it, the play was right across where, uh, The Innkeepers was filmed, so that was another thing, we just, it's always cool to just walk by that, right? It is so good, if I can, I can't recommend it enough, yes, if you like this movie, and the play works because of the humor in Evil Dead 2. It's a musical, so it's not just a, yeah, so it's a musical, and they warn you that blood's gonna get thrown all over the place, so they, they, do. so they have plastic <laughs> if you want to put over you. So I'm hoping now that things are opening up that it will tour around again. So I'm going to try and keep an eye out and see if it does. Yeah, I would love to go. Because it seemed, I mean, the place was packed, right? I mean, it was probably sold out when we went. So it did well. So, I mean, yeah. So it's definitely, it's it's a well-known movie, The Evil Dead, but it still is underappreciated, I think. It's more influential than people realize. You agree? Absolutely. And, yeah, and so, yeah, Sam Raimi and uh, Bruce Campbell, you say you're definitely on the top of your list of your favorites, favorite director, writer, and actor. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Drag Me to Hell is amazing. Yes. I don't know how many people agree with that, but... Yes. Hey, now, it's, like it's it. another one that's for, like, modern horror movies. I think it's... And I, th I know a friend of mine, Nate, he wouldn't give it a chance at first because it was PG-13. Yeah. So, yeah. So, definitely, uh, they're both great together anytime they do something. So. Another recommendation. What's that? I know you touched on it at the beginning. My name is Bruce. Yes. And that's, yeah, we'll talk about that in the future. If you haven't seen it, if you like Bruce Campbell, check that movie out. It's probably not streaming or anything like that. Uh, so it's going to be kind of tough for you to watch. Where The Evil Dead, I think, right now might be streaming on like the bigger services like Hulu and Amazon Prime, possibly, if you don't own it already. So, I mean, but yeah, definitely I want to talk about the other Sam Raimi Bruce Campbell movies in the future. So that's it, right, Laura? Anything else? No. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Take care and try and enjoy the daylight. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to it on. Also, please share this podcast with others. To follow us on Instagram, please go to shocking.things.podcast. And to like us on Facebook, it's at shockingthingspodcast. Our email is shockingthingspodcast at gmail.com. And you can leave a voice message that's located in the show notes. And until next time, try and enjoy the daylight.